different things that are going to be happening today, uh, kind of focusing on mission and work that we can do uh, for mission. Uh, we've been talking about that for the last three weeks, kind of finished that thought today. Uh, but but the first thing we're going to do is just is watch the, our mission trip video. A lot of you have seen this before, uh, but, but we're uh, talking about Mexico today and just kind of a reminder of the work that we do in Mexico, what we did last summer, what we will be doing this summer as we go down to Juarez and build a, a couple houses. So pick. Walking around these walls. I thought by now. Okay, children's church. Kids can head downstairs for children's church. And Jake and Mariela, I'd have you guys come up here. As we start our service today, uh, we're going to sit down with uh, Jake White and his lovely wife, Mariela, and um, and just ask them some questions and talk a little bit about what they do and what God's doing uh, through them and the ministry that they are a part of, uh, and uh, just so you can kind of know who they are, know what the ministry of Casas is, and uh, kind of just get a better idea of what... Uh, what we do when we go to Mexico and who we work with. So I'll start with you, Jake. First of all, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you came from, uh, where you grew up, college, that kind of thing. Oh, I was supposed to grab you mics, weren't I? Talk really loud. Thanks for uh, having us out today. Uh, you know, we're excited to be here, excited to come to your guys' home turf for once. I know we expect you guys to come see us every year, but it's nice for us to get up here and see you guys. Uh, like like Tim was saying, uh, my name is Jake White. I uh, am a full-time missionary with Casas Por Cristo uh, down in Juarez, Mexico. And uh, a little bit about me is I'm originally from Ohio. I was born and raised in Akron, Ohio, a little bit south of Cleveland, and stayed there all through college and Eventually, through college, and I'll explain a little bit later, through college, made my way to Texas to start serving the Lord with Casas Por Cristo. So that's a little bit about where I'm from, and um, I, I have a bachelor, bachelor's degree in construction engineering, and love putting it to use for the Lord. Hey, Mariela. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is uh, Mariela, or Mariela, whatever. <laughs> they all work. Um, I'm from South Texas originally, and... Um, I did my undergrad in Maryland, and then I moved to Texas to continue studying, um, and I went to medical school in El Paso, and that's where I met Jake, and um, let's see, what else? Oh, um, so I was kind of like raised in the church and um, uh, was uh, saved when I was 12 years old, baptized, and have kind of continued um seeking the Lord um, through college and through medical school. So, Yeah, I forgot to chime in on that part. Um, <laughs> I didn't grow up with a Christian family. I didn't grow up in the church or anything. I actually found Jesus, or Jesus found me. I'll put it that way because that's definitely how it went. Uh, you know, dragged me kicking and screaming out of my old life into a new one. When I was 19 years old, I was a fr- at the end of my freshman year in college. And, um, yeah, he definitely pulled me out of a, out of a pretty, pretty bad place and turned me into a new man and, and set me, set me free with a, with a mission to, to head into. And, uh, there in Akron, Ohio, you know, I was going to the University of Akron and that's where, you know, that's where he came and saved my life. And, and, uh, I'll, I'll continue the story with some of Tim's later questions, but 
But uh, that's that's where I got connected to Casas through the college ministry there. Okay, and Mara, just we'll quickly kind of tell them where you are school-wise right now yeah. and what we can be praying about. Okay, um, so I just finished medical school in December, and um, I am transitioning now into a residency program. So that would be starting in uh, June or July. Uh, so I finished all my interviews, and now um, we're waiting to hear back where I'll be placed to continue my training. Um, so we are hoping and praying that we're able to stay in El Paso and um, that I can continue there and Jake can continue working with the ministry. And so far, um, I feel pretty confident that that's where we need to be and that that's where God's going to keep us. And um, the talks we've had with uh, people from the program have been pretty positive. So we're we're excited and we're hopeful that we can um, stay in El Paso and continue working there for God. Right. Jake, tell us a little bit about Casas Per Cristo, what the ministry is, what it looks like, uh, what people could expect if they go on one of the trips. Absolutely. I know you guys just watched the video, and that's a really good summation of kind of how um, the the three- or four-day process of building the home looks like, but there's a lot more to our ministry than hammering nails, putting up walls, and having fun with stucco. <laughs> uh, if you all come down, you'll get, you'll get to know what I'm talking about and the chicken wire. Everyone... Yeah. Loves that. But uh, it's a lot more to it because if we just came and built a home uh, and then we're gone in four days, I don't know how impactful that would really be. But the, the core essence of what Casas is out to do, um, and I should explain a little more, Casas Por Cristo, we're a home building ministry. Uh, we operate in four different locations in three different countries, uh, those being Juarez, Mexico, Acuna, Mexico, um, San Ramundo uh, in Guatemala, Whereas here, people just need, I mean, they need good housing, but they also are trying to provide food for their families, which if we can alleviate their housing need, then they are able to focus more on being able to provide food for their families and keep kids in school and things things like that. Perfect, perfect. So tell a little bit about how you ended up in uh, connected with Casas Per Cristo. Yeah, so for me, like I said, I was, I was, uh, I accepted Jesus in my fre- at the end of my freshman year, kind of starting my sophomore year of college, and got plugged into a campus ministry uh, in the University of Akron. And those guys, they challenged me really, really hard, really fast. And it was within a couple of months of accepting Jesus that, you know, it was spring break time, and they were getting ready for their trip down to Mexico, suckered me into it. <laughs> and uh, And for me... I was, I was so new, you know, I was reading through the Bible for the very first time while I was in Juarez and reading through the New Testament, but not just reading as, and trying to convince myself they were stories that are real, that happened, but reading it and then living it in the same day, I feel like sped up that process of me accepting that not only are these like awesome stories and awesome teachings, but this is a history lesson of a man who lived and died for us. And I saw that in people around me in a way I never had before. So I just I I loved I just fell in love with that week and I just did not did not want to come back from it and so during the time there um, I kind of had a couple of skills electrical some some framing experience so I, I was a little handy on the job site so they approached me and said you'd make a really good intern which pretty much meant you'd make a really good slave for a summer <laughs> just kidding if any of you are considering yeah. uh, it's a lovely it's a lovely time. <laughs> But, uh, but no, they, they, and, and thank God they did. You know, they got me down there and I went down for a summer 
Uh, spent my first summer in Guatemala as an intern there and just knew that missions was what God was calling me to. And I came back from that trip, changed my major from mechanical engineering to construction engineering. Uh, just, I just, God kept it on my heart to find something that I'd be able to use to help people more. And uh, instead of trying to focus on a job where you're going to get a solid paycheck, like that wasn't enough for me anymore. So I'd, I'd made those changes, couldn't keep, you know, couldn't keep myself away, signed up for a second CASAS internship where they sent me to Juarez for the second summer. And some things happened during that summer that just God spoke directly to me and said this, he'd, he'd been prompting me that missions was what he wanted from me. But that was when I knew the focus, this is the mission, this is the place that he had for me. And so just spending time there over the two internships and God opened the doors and six days after I graduated, I put everything in my Ford pickup and drove 30 hours from Cleveland to El Paso and I've been there ever since. And I married him, so. (laughs) (laughs) Tricked her into it too. Yeah. Well, that that brings me to my next question, off script uh, question. Uh, so I, I told them last night, one of the things I appreciated just a little bit of time we had together yesterday after picking them up at the airport and, uh, let, uh, take them to eat barbecue in Kansas City. We had to do that. In fact, they both broke a fast, or I guess you had already broken yours. Mariela broke, a, broke a fast so she could eat barbecue in Kansas City. Um, and, uh, so got to spend some time with him yesterday. And I told them last night, one of the things I appreciated was how many times I heard, uh, Mariela say, uh, us or we or our, Speaking of Casas per Cristo, so it's not like, well, that's Jake's ministry, that's what he does, this is what I do over here, uh, but uh, that that she's a, a, a part of that. So we talked about this, and I can't remember if we decided an answer, so if if you don't want to answer this question, it's okay. Uh, how did you guys end up together? Uh, oh, yeah. So so I don't know if you want to answer that or not, because you said no and she said yes, so I... <laughs> Well, I mean, if the, the well, I thought you said yes, so you should answer. No, I, I just I want to let him say what he's going to say. <laughs> I want to hear this too. Well, so so we met at a church in El Paso that we were going to, and um, when I say meet, I mean saw each other. You know, I the whole eye contact across the room for a couple of weeks thing, and then there was this Christmas party that they were hosting for all the volunteers. I, I lead worship at the church, and she does the work, works with the kids, and so uh, they were, we were at this volunteer party. And, and you know how it goes. The girls, they're all in a pack. You can't, you can't approach the pack. <laughs> and so I was just keeping my distance and, you know, oh, tonight's not the night. But so she noticed me. I broke the and pack. She came broke out. <laughs> she came out when I went to go get a drink of water from the little water fountain thing. She came over to bump into me, which I did and then ran away without saying a word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He yeah. just ran. <laughs> not my prouder moment, but. Came back like a, a couple weeks later, cornered her after the church service and asked her out for coffee. Yeah. So that's how we met, but. Yeah, yeah that's the story. <laughs> Can't lie about it when she's here. Yeah. What? Can you show us that look you gave across the room? Is that magical? No, no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. That's how I look at her every day now. <laughs> Good answer. Uh, so, uh, and this actually for both of you, probably a little bit different answer uh from each of but what's the hardest part about being a uh missionary a missionary at casas living in in the desert and uh so forth uh for it's for me the answer is probably not well it might be what you expect but it's not has nothing to do with the heat has nothing to do with sand in my shoes or 
prickers everywhere or the desert, high winds. None of those things bother me that much. I'm a person who loves planning, control, having having <laughs> having everything set out, knowing how it's going to go. And for me, the hardest thing, because constantly I need to give that up because I'm not on my time. I'm on, I'm with groups and, and their schedules and, you know, things that you don't even think about. Like I can't control what I'm eating if I'm trying to be on a diet or if I'm trying to, you know, teams and they, teams love to get you a good meal when they come down because it's their one time to Mexico. And, and, and for me, I'm like, Oh my gosh, a lot of tacos. And <laughs> so like not being able to control things like when I go to bed because the teams are up, the lights are all on and things like that. Um, and just not being able to control my time are difficult for me, but as I give those up, you know, they become some of the most rewarding parts of my job. Which I, I find that uh, refreshing to know, so I won't feel at all guilty when we c- continually try to break rules and change things and <laughs> push you a little bit. So, uh, uh, and Mariela, what, how would you? Um, it's My answer is very specific. It is uh, going to the bathroom in the middle of the night when it's winter. Because usually the bathroom's outside and it's really cold and it's really uncomfortable. <laughs> That's an easy answer for you. <laughs> so like what? <laughs> what then is the most uh, most rewarding part of being a missionary with Casas Patricia? Well, like I said, a lot of the ways that are the most difficult for me are because those are the things God is trying to change in me and make me more like Him, and those tend to be the most rewarding things. You know not being able to control my time i'm a i'm a fairly uh what's the word introverted person naturally which would if i was left to my own devices i wouldn't have near as many friends or near as many people who i get to do ministry with you know all the people who comes on come down on the teams you know if it was up to me my natural tendency i probably wouldn't get to know any of them half as well as i get to which getting to know people on the teams getting to be a part of God's mission. And honestly, one of the things that people made sound the scariest part of, of working at Casas was going to be fundraising for our for our salaries, for our live, livelihood. But through that process of fundraising has turned into one of the most rewarding parts of the job, which is partnering pe- partnering with people and partnering with Jesus in his mission has just become the most rewarding part of it all. And realizing I can't, I can't make this happen on my own and nor would I want to because my limitations would become so apparent so fast. But because of the groups I get and because of the amazing work they do and the way they partner with us, I'm convinced anything is possible. But not, not, has nothing to do with me. And that's been the, that's been the most rewarding part. Um, I'm a little bit similar in that I'm also introverted. And so for me, being a part of Casa's, um, was very different from anything I had ever done before. And then continually going on these builds and meeting new people, meeting families and meeting um, the teams that come down and kind of similarly forming those relationships was something that I never would have done if I wasn't a part of this ministry. So I think that's been really rewarding for me just to see people come down and, you know, give up so much of their life and their time and um, just to come serve. That's, that's been really rewarding. What I was hearing from that is uh, when the service is over, they're going to be at the back of the church, is that they want a hug from all of you. That, that's what I heard from uh, from that. So uh, tell them your name, give them your address, phone number, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, Mariela, you've uh, 
and tell me how many, but you've got to build uh, alongside side Jake, although you're not employed, you've been busy studying, uh, finishing up medical school, medical school, so you've, you've had a lot of time in that, but you've got to build Jake several times. Tell us a little bit of what that's like, uh, and tell me how, how many builds you've been on. I don't have an exact count, but I'm thinking it's around 10 maybe. Um, sometimes I'll just go out for a day if I only have a day. Um, but I think it's around 10 and it's been really great. It's like I said, it's stretched me. Um, cause I naturally am very introverted. I wouldn't have talked to that many people in my life ever, probably, or <laughs> as many as I will in my lifetime. Um, so that's been really good, um, growing and just, Every time I go on a build, I find that it's a little bit different and there's no two builds that are the same. Uh, so that's been really incredible to see just a different, um, a different side of God, a different way he provides, um, just see what God does in every unique situation and to just meet, uh, meet the teams and meet the families and, see people from all walks of life, uh, different jobs, different skills, just come together and just work together to, to glorify God. That's probably, That's it's been great. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, I didn't have this on the list. So who's your favorite person from Troy Christian church that's come down on the trips? Well, that's you, Tim. Of for course sure. it's oh, you. No. <laughs> You're supposed to say case. I thought it was going to be case. Case we, is a close second. Yeah. Well, I could say we talked about Case last night and they, they, Jake loves him some Case. So, um, uh, so anyway, so how, you've kind of answered this already. So if you have any more to add, great. If not, no big deal. How's God grown your faith over the last, uh, how long you've been with Casas? Uh, a little over four years. Okay. Um, and you guys have been together, married two? Just about two. Almost two. Okay. So how's God, have you seen your, your faith grow over the last, uh, last years? Uh, for me, like I said, it goes back to a lot of those things, uh, those natural tendencies that things I'm bad about, which is like flexibility, um, rolling with the punches. Not that I'm, I'm able to do those, but not very naturally. And I have to kind of put myself into an uncomfortable place to do a lot of that. But God has been growing me significantly through, through the, how I know that, how I know that he works, which is in very mysterious and different ways sometimes. Uh, and like I said, through the, through the process of, of being fundraising missionaries, just seeing his constant provision, uh, has been, has been very challenging and growing and, and reassuring all at the same time. Um, but I see it in a lot more, a lot more ways. Um, I know we were talking downstairs, uh, with, with Bible study before we were here. Um, just that God never responds in the same way to every situation. And a lot of the time, all the time, that's exactly how he needs to respond. And just seeing how God shows up differently in everyone's lives makes him, you know, just more amazing to me and more powerful and more specific that he reads every situation and not only reads it in the moment, but reads everything that's going to happen in the future and knows exactly how he needs to, you know, how he needs to appear to everyone. And it's always different and it's always incredible to just see that and be a part of that has been just the most growing thing there's been. Fundraising has been a big thing for me too. Um, I married Jake and he was already doing the full-time um, fundraising um, ministry thing, which was great because I think it would have been very overwhelming and very scary to me to try and do full-time mission work um, 
to just step into that. That's, I think, a big leap of faith. But just seeing how much he trusted that um, that people were going to partner with him like, and with us to provide and seeing that God was going to provide. And um, that's just been huge for me. Like, yeah. Tell, um, tell us a little bit about your uh, your long-term goals. I mean, you have some some unknowns coming up. We'll know March 15th. March 15th is the day to be praying for them. That's her match day, so she'll know where she'll be going. So um, so tell us a little bit about what that might look like, uh, depending on how God works that out, and then what your long-term goal for um, uh, for your, your yourselves together. Yeah. Um, so March 15th, we find out if we get to stay in El Paso or not, which we are fairly confident about. But if we don't, for some reason, um, Jake... Uh, there's, there's options of working remotely for CASAs. We want to stay connected to CASAs. Um, we think that it's, um, the ministry where we're supposed to be. And so we definitely are going to make every effort to stay connected and he could do some remote positions on, um, and still come back for builds. So, um, hopefully it won't come to that. We're pretty <laughs> confident it won't, but yeah, the match day thing. I mean, it's, it's definitely going to be a change because, you know, she's got to do a residency somewhere, but. We know God has us at CASAs and we're going to stay involved no matter where we are. And yeah. our long-term goals, even if, because residency is just a temporary stage. After that, no, even if we need to leave El Paso temporarily, we're going to be back. Because our long-term goals are CASAs, um, as a ministry, we're going to keep expanding to new countries. Uh, we've got a schedule lined up for about every four years. Um, next year, we've actually already started accepting teams to sign up to come build in our new country, which is going to be Nicaragua. So that'll be our, our fourth country, our fifth location. And every, about every four years, we want to keep expanding to new, new countries further and further down into South America until we've reached the whole world. You know, we're starting, starting with Spanish and we'll see what language I got to <laughs> learn next. But, uh, um, our goal is to, to help launch one of those new locations down the road. Yeah. And, and the way CASAS works is that they partner with local ministries that might already be in the area. So, um, I'm hoping to get connected with a ministry in a location where we want to go to and be able to set those connections up. And then in the future, when we're ready to go, we'll have that connection and I can go serve um, as a medical missionary and Jake can start the a branch of CASAs. So it's our long term. Yep. So we're looking, um, you know, our long term vision and goal that God keeps reminding us of and putting in our hearts and minds is just serving side by side in the ways that he's preparing us now. So it's kind of our long term goals. I, uh, when Jake first told me about that, I, I, uh, well, first when he said he was, his, the lady he was dating was going to be a doctor, I was really impressed. And, uh, uh, then I met Maria and, 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 you know, just been wonderful. But uh, this is how my mind works sometimes. I'm thinking, okay, she's going to be a doctor. So in a few years, Jake can just retire and, and sit at home and take it easy. He mentioned it, but yeah, he said, no. okay, okay. <laughs> so we do think alike a little. So, so it's really been such a blessing um, when he said that their long-term goal is once he gets finished res- residency, work for a while to pay back um, or a couple thousand dollars in medical school or maybe a little bit more yeah, than it's that. Just a few. Just yeah, yeah. So pay back <laughs> debts and uh, and and then when that's done, hopefully that meshes perfectly with a chance to to move to South America or somewhere else in Central America or wherever it might be, um, and use both of their talents. 
to to serve the Lord. So that, that just uh, um, really touched me. So, uh, and just a couple more questions as we finish up. Um, tell us about a, I don't know, maybe maybe a build or a family that you met, uh, a time at Casas that that if if there was one time that you could say, hey, this sums up what ministry is about. This sums up what my work at Casas is about. Um, if, if you've got one of those, let me uh, share that with us. Yeah, for me, it was the, it's kind of the link between the parts of the stories I told you guys about how, how I came to be a Christian and how I also came to work at Casas Por Cristo. For me, we came, I came down with that college ministry, like I was mentioning earlier, came down and I was just a part of the team. And then I came back as an intern, so, but I came back a second summer to Juarez. So during that summer, we had a free, well, we get, the weekends are off, but so I had a, my first free weekend. And I decided I wanted to go and visit that first family just to see how the house looked, see how they were doing. Um, cause it, I, it had been special to me. But the, the thing about that week that was a little off was the father of the family didn't want us there. He's very prideful. And, and it's, it, culturally, that's something we run into. You know, the, the father of the family, the man of the house, not able to accept help. Um, not able to admit, I can't provide everything this my family needs and unable to let us come in. But the wife and children had no problem with us being there. <laughs> they loved it. Um, but so I really didn't have much interaction with him. So I, I go back and I look up where this house was because it had been a couple of years and it was my first time to Juarez since then. So I go and visit this family and um, I met the father outside the home and I was learning Spanish at the time. So the conversation was super broken, but essentially he told me, after we left, the pastor never stopped knocking on their door. He would never let him in, never would give him the time of day until the pastor offered him a job. He said, you can come sweep up after our services at the church uh, and you don't have to you don't have to pay attention. You don't have to listen, but you need to be in the room during the sermon. That's the only thing he said. He's like, hey, I'm going to pay you really well. So he got the guy agreed. He got him in there. And for a year, the guy never listened to a word the pastor had to say during any of the Sundays. Uh, and he said, you know, reluctantly, I was trying to fight it, but I couldn't stop but start to listen to the words that the pastor had to say. And it took almost another six months before he was eagerly attending and listening and couldn't help himself anymore and had brought his family to the church because he before he had been keeping them from it. He didn't want his family to go to church with this pastor, probably linked back to a lot of those pride issues he was having. Um, but, you know, God was starting to break down those walls, starting to soften up his heart, and the whole family was was attending church. And they had, this is about, like I said, two years after I'd been there, and the the whole family had started attending church. And the other, because the father was unemployed at the time when we built their house, he had pulled the kids out of school and his wife and kids stood in the borderline selling snack foods to people in their cars every day. And that was how they were barely scraping by a living. But because he made changes in his life and had gotten a job that was giving them money, they had their kids back in school who I also got to meet. And they, you know, they'd grown up a little bit and were telling me they're going to be doctors and astronauts. And, <laughs> but before they, they had no, they had no dreams and nothing. And, you know, all they had was the, the stuff they were going to go try to pawn at the border the next day. And there, I mean, I could go on and on, but I saw radical change in, in this man. And 
through him in his whole family. And it just spoke to me in that, in that moment, in that meeting him, what God can do and what God is doing in people's lives and how it's not a lost cause. It's not a lost city, but there are people there who want more, who are more than what they are now. And what we did allowed that pastor to interject Jesus into their lives and allow Jesus to make the changes in this man that led to his whole family accepting Jesus and, you know, being beacons in that community. They were now they're out there, you know, preaching at people and getting them to come to the sermons. And and it's just, it's contagious. And seeing that family, seeing that one man change so radically, I mean, it reminded me of how I changed and how I'm, I mean, people who knew me in high school and people who knew me in college know two different people. They are not the same. They're not the same person. And neither was the man I met two years prior and the man I was looking at that day. So when I left, when I left from seeing him, that was the moment that God told me, this is where I want you. This is what, this is what I want you to do in this world is continue to make those changes and continue to help those, these people. And so by the end of that summer, I had applied and then by the end of that year, I had accepted and then drove on down. Uh, in essence, Jake, like I said, I've been trying to, I uh, told you guys yesterday, I've been preaching what was supposed to be one sermon on Mark chapter 10, uh, has turned into three and, and, uh, four. And so lucky you, the sermon I was going to share, the finish of, I'm not, I'm going to do next week, uh, because Jake, Jake just preached a, a beautiful sermon of what we've been talking about for three weeks. So, uh, in one, in, in one answer, he was able to summarize what took me three weeks to say. So thank you, Jake. <laughs> Appreciate that. One last, one last question. What, uh, what then can Troy Christian Church, what can we do to partner with you to help you to, to come alongside you? Um, I think the, the most important thing that, and with something that we've really been coming to respect a lot recently is the power of prayer. And we really, we really need people who are partnering with us in prayer and, and praying for our needs and our, our energy and, you know, just that God will keep using us the way he does. Um, and just, you know, if we're tools, then keep us sharp, you know, keep us usable. And so that's all that we would want you guys to be praying for us for. Um, but, you know, there are more realistic needs as well. And we are fully fundraised missionaries who, so what that means is like, you know, we raise our entire, our livelihood, our salary from friends, family, and, and the groups that we get to work with. And so we'd ask you to pray about it. And if you guys would consider partnering with us financially as well, uh, you can talk with me about it today. You can talk with Tim about it. He's a good, he's a great salesman for us. Mm-hmm. I'm coming to realize. So you can talk with him about it. I know there's ways to, there's our, our website you can go to, which is, uh, casasporcristo.org. You can do everything online. Uh, However, however that can happen, uh, there's a way to do it. And so we would ask you to pray about that. Um, but the biggest thing that honestly is more exciting to us is that you would sign up with Tim to come on down and that you would come down and experience this for yourself with us. You would, you'd come and give a couple of days uh, of your lives to change a family's life forever. So that's something that we, we would really want you to do with us. Margaret, Ellie, do you have anything else you want to add? Um, give you the last word. <laughs> no, I think those, those are the biggest things. And, um, yeah, we'd love for you to partner with us financially. Um, but if you're not able to do that, um, you can still sign up for our newsletter and stay connected with what we're doing. 
And so you can know what's going on in our lives and what you can pray about. Um, so, yeah. Just uh, to, to kind of wrap it up with that thought in mind, uh, some of you are at least generally aware of this. I've made some reference to, to this last week. Uh, our mission committee, the church's mission committee, met last uh, Tuesday in the middle of a snowstorm. So I appreciate them all hanging around long enough to, to have a meeting, even though it was uh, sleeting and snowing and, and all outside. Uh, and so we as a church, part of our mission fund, are, are starting, uh, actually have the first check already written uh, to support Jake uh, and Mariela for uh, at $150 a month. Uh, so that's going to be a blessing. And if any of you would like to to consider it, to, to, to do that as well individually, I know we have a few other people, Rita and I support them monthly, and there's some other people that do uh, if you want to join uh, them, feel free to do so. Uh, and if you don't get a chance to talk to Jake about it, you can talk to me and I can let you know how to do that. One-time gifts are great. Um, monthly gifts are even more appreciated. That way they kind of know what their, their schedule looks like. We've, um, so John, if you guys want to come on, come on up. We've been talking about, um, our, our theme for this year, but to serve, uh, which has been the, the whole idea from Mark chapter 10 verse 45, uh, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Uh, what, what Jake and, uh, Mariela have been talking about today is that idea of service. Uh, and as a church, that's our prayer, that's our goal, that's our, our hope is that we can learn to do that as well. Would you stand? Let me pray and then, uh, the band will start playing. Father, we thank you. We just thank you for uh, for Jake and Mariela and their willingness to be here today. Father, their heart of service and their goal, their mission for their life to serve you uh, in in uh, in impactful ways. Father, we thank you for the work of Casas Per Cristo, uh, the lives that they're changing each and every day. Uh, Father, we pray that that you will impart on us uh, that sense of servitude uh, wh- wherever you find us, whether whether it's in Mexico or whether it's next door at our neighbor's house or somewhere in the church or in our community. Uh, Father, give us that spirit to reach out to serve you in Jesus' name.